Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Thanks for joining me on this Sunday morning. Let's talk with Alexa Beal with Max Fun. Good morning. Hi, how are you doing? I am doing great. Well, thank you for being here. Happy to be here. <laughs> Tell me a little bit for folks that maybe have heard about Max Fun, but they don't know about it really. What makes Max Fun different? So, Max Fund is Denver's only true no kill animal shelter. Um, so, a lot of other shelters don't treat animals quite the way we do, unfortunately. Um, so we make sure that every single animal finds a home. Um, we do not euthanize unless absolutely necessary, mostly for medical reasons. We're very unique in that aspect where we make sure that almost every single animal that comes in leaves alive and happy into a new home. Well, and I love that that is your mission and that's what you all do and work so hard to do there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would have to think that an animal might be with you for a while then. Yeah, definitely. Um, We have had, excuse me, a couple long-term residents. Um, I think the longest, I've only been here about a year, but we have had a a dog here that's been here for almost the entire time I've been here. Um, So we have long-term residents. A lot of the animals get out within two months. Um, It depends on the medical state that they're in when they first enter the shelter. Um, So we do have some long-terms, but most most of them are out of here in a reasonable time frame. I was going to say, I, I, every time I go to your website, I feel like the dogs are there and then they're gone very quickly. <laughs> yeah, people really love dogs in Denver. It's not a bad thing to have. No, not at all. But you don't have just dogs. Is that right? Correct. We also have cats. Um, we only work with those two. We don't really have the facilities for rabbits or ferrets or anything like that. So we just specialize in cats and dogs. Okay. And what has what has it been like for you at the Max Fund ever since COVID-19 started and just the changes for all of us? It's been stressful. Um, being an essential business, we couldn't really close down. Um, we did have to stop adoptions for about a month and a half on um, both cats and dogs just because we didn't want people coming in. We couldn't have anyone coming in because of the stay-at-home order. So we mm-hmm. had to shut down, not let anyone in. We had to limit our volunteers. Um, we had to limit our staff, make sure that we had a very, very small amount of people in the facility at once, um, still taking care of those animals that were still here. Um, but we did end up having a lot of support from our volunteers and from the community in doing some short-term fostering. So we got about 50% of both our cats and dogs out to temporary foster homes, even if it was just for two or three weeks. They were still out of the shelter, so it was fewer animals to take care of in the facility, so it meant less staff and less food and less time here. Um, so that really affected us that way, um, but we're just kind of trying to recuperate, um, catch back up on our medical processes, and get these animals out of here. Yeah, I bet. Tell me uh, financially-wise, I know a lot of 501c3s have really been hit hard by COVID-19. Are you feeling that as well? We definitely are. Um, We did have to, I think, lay off about half of our staff um, in April because we didn't have the funds. A lot of our funds come from adoptions and from outside events that we do, fundraising, donations, things like that. So we were kind of relying on grants and very generous people who are still donating to us during the lockdown. Um, But we definitely have taken a hit and we're we're still feeling that a little bit. So for folks that want to help, it sounds like donations are needed, but also foster parents to help kind of lighten that load for you all. Fostering, definitely. Um, We haven't had as much of a need for fostering recently because a lot of our 
um, animals are getting back on their feet medically. Uh, we have the medical staff to get them there as well. We do have some um, cats and dogs that need foster. I know we have a few diabetic cats, which is a lot of work, but someone has experience with diabetics before. That's really awesome. We also do have um, six dogs that tested heartworm positive. Um, they came from Texas in a big transport. We brought about 15 dogs up here, mm-hmm. drove all the way down there. It was very exhausting. I was on the RV. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but, plus the heat, plus oh, the fact gosh. that it's Texas, and that's plus a little scary right now. Dogs, and they don't smell great. Oh, but, my gosh. <laughs> um, but we did bring back a bunch of dogs. Six of them ended up testing heartworm positive, um, which is just a parasite in the animal's actual um, heart. And so it's about a six- to eight-month treatment period, so we're looking for fosters for them. Heartworm is not contagious um, for people who have other animals, but these dogs just need a good home and some socialization while they recover until they can find their forever home. That is really good to know because, mm-hmm. you know, you hear heartworm. As, as a pet owner, I have a dog and cat myself, mm-hmm. and it always, like, scares me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's it sounds scary because it's worm. No one likes worms. Well, no. Not in your heart either. No, <laughs> exactly. Awful. It's even scarier. And everyone, vets always warn about heartworm. They're like, don't let your dog get heartworm. Give them heartworm treatment. Mm-hmm. And because the people in Texas don't take care of their dogs in the same way, people treat them as property more so than family like we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people who let these dogs out, these were all stray dogs who were running around. Um, they didn't fix them. They didn't update them on their shots. No one did heartworm treatment. So it's very prominent down there. And mm-hmm. coming up here, having to deal with it is very challenging. Um, but it's not contagious. It's very scary, but it's not contagious. These dogs will make it through. It's just going to take a lot of time. Okay, that's good to know. And I would I would assume, too, it takes a lot of money for these treatments. It does, yes. And MaxFund will absolutely cover all of it. But, um, of course, that's where donations come in handy. Um, having six heartworm dogs at once is a lot of work. I think the most we've ever had, as long as I've been here, is two heartworm dogs at once. Oh, wow. Um, and they were they were in foster, so having six at once that are also needing some socialization since they came from the boonies in Texas is mm-hmm. um, even more challenging. <laughs> I bet, I bet. So how do, what does that process look like? Somebody's listening right now and maybe they want to help out with a diabetic cat or maybe they do want to foster one of these heartworm positive dogs. They've got a heart, they've got the house. What What's the next step? Yeah, absolutely. So on our website, which is maxfun.org, we do have have a fostering tab. On there, you can find our foster application. You can print it out and um, complete it, or you can fill it out through Word or whatever you have on your computer. Then you email it to our foster coordinators. Their email is also on that website. Um, It's just fostering at maxfund.org. And I would recommend putting in your subject line that you're interested in fostering a heartworm dog or a diabetic cat so it kind of catches their attention. Um, A lot of people are reaching out with questions about fostering but aren't necessarily committed. So having those people that are genuinely interested in fostering these more challenging animals will catch our coordinator's attention. Um, From there, we'll do a home visit. We'll call the references that are on your um, application. And then once we get everything cleared and we're feeling comfortable that it's a good home, then we'll get that dog out to you, dog or cat. (laughs) Okay. And once again, that is maxfun.org. And I also saw on your website that you take FIV positive cats and help them find a home. What are some of those unique challenges? So FIV is actually um, a contagious um, disease for cats. It is the cat version of HIV for humans. Um, So it's an immunodeficiency disease. Um, It is contagious, so we can't adopt out FIV cats to homes where there are other cats that are not FIV positive. 
Um, so we actually just had a couple in here. I think last week they already had an FIV cat, so mm-hmm. they were looking at other FIV cats. Um, so that's that's a challenging thing about them. It's They do live a little bit of a shorter lifespan than normal cats, um, cats that don't have FIV, but they're still good cats. There's nothing really wrong with them. Sometimes there's a special diet involved, but um, not not too challenging. So the biggest thing is finding a home mm-hmm. either where they would be the only cat or if there was another FIV positive cat. Because it's not contagious to dogs, is that right? Correct, yeah. It's only felines. And I will say this, because I adopted an FIV-positive cat, Mm -hmm. the best cat. Mm -hmm. He is loving and sweet and kind and has just been, like, a great addition to our family. So I'm all for adopting these special needs animals. Absolutely. They always make the best friends because all they want is love. Right. Right. I don't know what it is, but you are you are so right. So let's talk a little bit about adoptions right now at Max Fund. What does mm-hmm. that look like for folks that are looking at doing a traditional adoption of a cat or dog? Sure. So we post all of our available animals on that same website under our Adopt tab. There's Adopt a Dog and Adopt a Cat. So there will be pictures, names, biographies, um, general information about those animals. And then if one of them tickles your fancy, one of them catches your eye, then you give us a call. Um, You let us know that you're interested in seeing that cat or dog or maybe a couple if you're kind of shopping around. Um, And then we'll make an appointment for you to come down, meet that animal. Um, We limit it to about 30 to 45 minutes since we have appointments throughout the day. Uh, Make sure that everyone's getting their fair share of animal time. And then uh, we do... We do not do same-day adoptions, so you'd have to fill out an adoption application, which takes two to five days to process, a week maximum. Um, And then we let you know if you're approved. We let you know if you're declined, so we can use that application for a different animal if you're interested, and then kind of go from there. And how do you help folks that come in and they're looking to adopt a cat or dog? How do you make help them make a decision as far as what pet is the right one for their family? We kind of ask about... Specifically, I usually start off, say, do you want a small or a large dog? I mostly work on the dog side. I'm not very well-versed with cats. I've always been a dog person. Um, But speaking on the dog side, I always ask kind of what size, maybe what personality. Um, I ask if they have other pets in the home, if they have children, um, if they live alone, if they have a partner, what kind of home they live in, either apartment or house. Um, We personally at Maxwell do not adopt um, big dogs like Huskies or Malamutes to apartments um, just because there's often a lot of breed or weight restrictions mm-hmm. in apartment complexes. Right. Also, it's just not fair to stick a big dog in a tiny little apartment. Um, so we kind of base things off that. There are breed restrictions in certain cities, unfortunately, especially Denver. Um, so we kind of work with that. If people are tell us they're interested in a specific dog, I learn a little bit more about their lifestyle um, mm-hmm. and maybe a different dog fits differently and better in their lifestyle and kind of push them towards that dog um, to make sure that they're getting the right experience for them. And what about families that have kids? Do they bring the kids in and go through that adoption process as well? Yes, we always encourage that the kids come in too um, because sometimes dogs have been traumatized by kids in the past and we don't want them to lash out or do anything that would harm the kid or the dog. So we try to make sure everyone in the home meets the dog. Um, Same with cats. Um, We do if Perhaps, like, if the mom maybe just wanted to come in on her own to meet the dog and then bring the kids a day later, we can schedule that kind of thing. So we're we're pretty flexible as families, but we do want everyone in the home to meet the animal. And how does that work if a family already has, let's say, a dog at home and they want to make sure the two dogs are going to get along? We do require any other dogs in the home to meet the potential um, adopter. 
um, adopting dog, excuse me, just so that we know we can introduce our dog to their dog, make sure they get along. We do have a full-time dog trainer. Um, she is also our shelter manager, so she's pretty busy, but all of our staff is um, trained in how to introduce dogs to each other and make sure they know how they're getting along. They know how to read the situation to make sure everyone's getting along and is safe. Okay. And let's ask, uh, back to the coronavirus, COVID-19, mm-hmm. um, there have been different stories on the news about pets th- being at risk for getting it. What What are you guys saying when people ask you? As far as we know, there's no science to back that either cats or dogs are at risk for this specific strain of COVID. Um, so we don't have any concerns about it. We haven't had any animals get sick. Um, so as far as we know, it's it's all clear. Okay. And what have you found is the benefit of not doing same-day adoptions? Because I know there are a lot of emotions tied up in adopting a pet. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I know a lot of people will come in looking for a puppy, and they kind of make an impulse decision that they want a dog, and then the puppy grows up after three months, and it's now 70 pounds instead of 30, <laughs> and then the dog ends up back at our shelter. So we try to eliminate that in-between process so we don't have to adopt the dog out again. We don't have to traumatize them running back and forth between homes and shelters. Um, so we want to make sure we find the perfect home for that animal. Um, sometimes Dogs will have a completely different experience with people the first time they meet them versus the next three times. So we just want to make sure everyone gets along with everyone. Yeah, it sounds almost like a good, healthy dating process. Yeah, it is. (laughs) You know, don't make any rash decisions right away. (laughs) No same-day dating. No same-day dating. Multiple (laughs) days. I love it. All right, for folks that are wanting to help out, whether it's making a donation, volunteering, uh, maybe they've got room in their home and their heart for a new pet, Mm -hmm. tell us how they navigate that MaxFund website. So our website is super simple. Um, you just go to maxfund.org, and then there's a bunch of tabs at the top. It goes adopt, foster, more information, donate, um, volunteer, all kinds of things, so you can easily find what you're looking for. There's um, When you hover over the big tabs, there's other tabs underneath it, so you can find more ideal um, tabs. But there's all that information on there as well as contact information for the proper staff. Wonderful. And Alexa Beal with Max Fund Organization. Uh, one final push for folks mm-hmm. that are thinking about donating. Tell them why they should. Every single dollar that is donated to us goes straight to the animals, um, whether it be spaying or neutering a cat or maybe um, an orthopedic surgery on a dog. Um, since we're no-kill, we get a lot of medical animals that need those funds in order to stay healthy and well. Um, so every dollar that goes into the Max Fund donation pot goes right back into saving those animals. All right, Alexa Beal with Max Fund. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. And for more information on the Max Fund, we're going to have the information, the link, and you can always share this podcast on your social media account. Just go to the radio station's website. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thanks for spending this Sunday morning with me. Go out, be kind, and have a blessed day.